Hey folks, you own firearms? I do. Did you know that there's an easy way for you to let everyone around you quickly see whether your firearm is loaded or unloaded? Meet muzzle stick, barrel, and chamber flags. Muzzle stick, chamber, and barrel flags offer a way for anyone, whether they handle firearms or not, to quickly see the loaded or unloaded status of a firearm. That could save lives. Are you one of nearly 80% of firearms owners that keep a loaded gun out of the safe for personal protection? Well, Taking an extra precaution by using muzzle sticks, big bright barrel, and chamber flags will let everyone around you know if the firearm is loaded or unloaded. Muzzle stick does not recommend keeping a loaded firearm outside of a gun safe, but the reality is that some people do. And a clearly marked gun's status communicates to others around that may not have firearm handling experience and it is something that they would not want to handle. Muzzle stick is not intended to replace the rules of firearm safety. However, their chamber and barrel flags do offer firearms rapid clear identification, and that could save lives. It's time for you to do everything you can to be a safe and responsible firearms owner. Head over to muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com to place your order. One more time, that's muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com. After all, we only have one life to live. and happy Wednesday. Yes, we're still in waiting, still in a holding pattern, waiting to see what's going to happen in Manhattan with District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Will he or won't he charge President Trump in the hush money case? We had a great discussion yesterday, broke a lot of news with Bob Costello. And I think that that is a very important aspect of this. But I want to today turn our attention to some other important issues about weaponization of government, about wrongdoing in government. Late last night, I filed a lawsuit with the help of the America First Legal Foundation, that's Stephen Miller's nonprofit law firm, suing the Justice Department, accusing the Justice Department of violating the very same law that they're investigating Donald Trump for allegedly violating the Presidential Records Act because the Justice Department possesses records that show which documents President Trump declassified in their actual declassified state. The National Archives has confirmed that to me, that the Justice Department never gave those records back. I sued both of them, saying that they were colluding together to keep the records from the American people. A very important lawsuit. Tomorrow, we'll have Stephen Miller on. He helped me bring the lawsuit. We're going to talk to him about that, and of course, about the border, something that he's been an expert on. We're going to start our show today, though, with Congressman Jim Jordan, the man who's overseeing the weaponization of law enforcement investigation at the Justice Department, the FBI, other agencies. Tomorrow, a very big hearing he has on how the Justice Department and the FBI targeted parents to treat them like domestic terrorists. Late last night, they put out a very important report saying that there was no legal basis. The opening of that investigation against certain parents had no legal basis. It did not meet the predicate standards. It should never have been open, and that it was really a result of political pressure applied to the Justice Department, rather than the Justice Department following its own laws and rules and regulations. Jim Jordan is going to start us off today. That is a very important piece of the puzzle. Then in the second block of the show today, we're going to have one of the rising stars in the attorney's general movement in the United States, new Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. He has been turning things up in Missouri in a big way. It was his lawsuit with Jeff Landry, first started by Eric Schmidt, by the way, his predecessor, that has scored so many legal victories in the federal courts against censorship. And there was a big ruling in the last 24 hours. I'm going to turn to that in a second. But Andrew Bailey is going to be here just 
just a minute. We're going to talk about the censorship lawsuit, the incredible discovery that's occurred there, the overwhelming evidence that the Justice Department, the White House, the FBI, and the CDC, and NIH, and others were coercing, using coercive pressure to get big tech to censor Americans' opinions on everything from COVID-19 to Hunter Biden laptop and everything in between. So that is a very important one, and Andrew Bay is going to talk about that. He also is pursuing an investigation of clinics in Missouri that were doing medical treatments on children, trying to impose transgenderism treatments without their parents' knowledge or without proper medical safety. And so a big one there. He's also been one of the leaders in pressuring Walgreens to drop its sale of abortion pills in the mail because there's a law in the books that says you can't mail abortion pills. So that's an important one. And he had big effect on that one. So Andrew Bailey, a mover and a shaker in the space will join us in the second block. And in the third block, I'm very excited to adapt a great conversation that Amanda had and I had on our TV show earlier this week with Alan Dershowitz, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite legal, legal thinkers. He's a liberal, a Joe Biden supporter, a Harvard Law professor for 60 years. But his consistency on treating every defendant the same, his consistency in defending free speech, his consistency in calling out the bad prosecution efforts against Donald Trump as political efforts when they are political efforts. He has been consistent. He is a champion of civil liberties, regardless of who the defendant is. We may not like the defendant. He may have a political bias against the defendant, but he doesn't believe a defendant should be a defendant unless justice is blind and there's really a crime. He had some very, very strong words to say about Alvin Bragg's pursuit of Donald Trump. We're going to have that in the third block. So that is very exciting. Now, if you want to go see my lawsuit against the Justice Department, accusing the Justice Department of violating the very Presidential Records Act that it is investigating Donald Trump for, go check that out on the site. We've got a really good headline on that one and a lot of attention on that one. And we've posted the lawsuit. But I want to focus just for a second on the work of U.S. District Judge Terry Doty. He wrote a 77-page ruling this week. You can download it on the website, justthenews.com, under the headline, Judge Impressed by Evidence of Biden Administration Coercion and Social Media Censorship Case. And what's so incredibly powerful uh, about this story is the actual words that this federal judge has used. He said that the allegations of censorship are more than just complaints of being wronged in the past, that the threat, these are direct quotes, the threat of future censorship is substantial in the history of passive censorship is based on strong evidence that proves that the threat of further censorship is not illusory or merely speculative. In other words, federal agencies have not done their job to protect free speech. And in fact, not only were they not protecting it, they were pressuring big tech to violate the free speech liberties of Americans. The judge's ruling is really powerful. And he said there's strong evidence of a censorship machinery. That's very important. A shadowy machine built by the United States government involving the White House, the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, the FBI, the CDC. These are really significant, really significant findings. And it undercuts some of the things that federal officials like Joe Biden and FBI Director Chris Wray and Dr. Anthony Fauci and others have said. This lawsuit alleges 
that the feds violated the Administrative Procedure Act by taking discrete agency action in the form of targeted censorship. This is a very big ruling. It's a very, very big ruling. And keep an eye on it. We're going to talk to Andrew Bailey about it right after the commercial break. In fact, it's a good time to take a commercial break. Hear from our sponsors. Hear from our incredible advertisers and partners. And we'll be right back after that message. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest has a lot of news. If you woke up this morning and you were looking at Justin News this morning, you would have seen an article about the Justice Department having no basis for opening up those investigations of school board parents a couple of years ago. The reason we know that is because of our next guest, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, one of the great investigators in all of Congress, Congressman Jim Jordan. Sir, good to have you back on the show. Good to be with you, John. Thanks for what you do. Well, thank you. And this was a really great report last night. I read it and I read it and I read it. And I kept thinking, my goodness, all these U.S. attorneys looked for the terrorism problems with parents and they found none. This was a ruse from the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It sure was. It was manufactured. And that's not my term. That's the term one of the U.S. attorneys used. Remember, these are Democrat U.S. attorneys. That's the term they use. It seemed to be manufactured. They said they talked to local law enforcement, local law enforcement in their jurisdiction was saying, like, what are we doing here? Why is this a federal issue? you know, to begin with. So uh, manufactured issue done for political reasons. Remember what the Democrats told us, though. The Democrats told us, no, they're never going to use domestic terrorism resources against parents. Yes, they did. They did it in Georgia. 
at that U.S. Attorney District, the Northern District of Georgia. The Democrats said there was no coordination before the initial letter from the School Boards Association, no coordination between school board groups and the Biden administration. Yes, there was. They talked to the White House, the Justice Department, and the Department of Education prior to ever initiating this thing, prior to ever sending the letter that prompted Merrick Garland's memorandum. And of, and of course, they said there were all kinds of threats around the country. No, there weren't, as evidenced by the very U.S. attorneys who were supposed to implement this apparatus, this process that was set up. So uh, it was done for political reasons. That's the scary thing. That's why we've talked about this weaponization issue, the idea that you got these agencies which have been turned on the very people, the American people who they're supposed to serve. Yeah, it's just jaw dropping. Uh, people will ask, all right, this is really amazing. You nailed it. You've got it. What's the consequence? What can Republicans do to make sure the House judiciary doesn't do this again? Justice Department doesn't do this again? Yeah, it's, it's a question we get all the time. And look, as a legislative body, step one, do the investigation, get the, get the facts on the table, get the truth out there for the American people, all the truth, all the facts. Step two, propose and try to pass legislation which would help remedy the situation. Step three, and probably the most important, frankly, in divided government, step three is to use the appropriations process, to use the power of the purse and say, look, no money can be used to target parents. No money can be used to target uh, uh, pro-lifers and, and, and Catholics, which we found traditional Catholics. Uh, you limit the funds to be used for misinformation, malinformation, disinformation, uh, this, this, uh, this whole uh, disinformation governance concept that, they, that the government was trying to do. That's probably where we have the most impact and where we need to focus. Yeah, I think that'll be coming soon. The word manufactured has come up more than once this week. Some of it's being applied to the case at Manhattan. District Attorney Alvin Bragg seems to be bringing against President Trump. You, a couple of years ago, dropped a very important criminal referral asking the Justice Department to look at six pieces of testimony that Michael Cohen gave that didn't match the facts. I mean, we weren't even close to the facts. This case is going to rely a lot on Michael Cohen. You have a lot of doubts about his credibility based on what you saw a couple of years ago, right? A few years ago in front of the Oversight Committee, the first actual big hearing the Democrats had that Congress was Michael Cohen coming in. He lied six times under oath. He even one of, the, one of them I, I remember just off the top of my head is he said he didn't really want a job in the Trump White House. Well, he sure did. He tried to do everything he could to get a job. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is their star witness. And, and remember, I think the basics here, remember the, the Mueller team, the, the Department of Justice, they didn't bring this case. The federal district in New York didn't bring this case. The previous DA in Manhattan, Cy Vance, didn't bring this case. And even the current district attorney, Alvin Bragg, wouldn't bring the case. He got in last year and said, no, we're not going to bring this. Two of his two of his assistants resigned, throw a fit. The left gets all fired up and he suddenly changes his mind. And there was another important event that happened between he, when Alvin Bragg said he wasn't going to do it. And now when it looks like he is. And that important event was. President Trump announced he was going to run for president. So here you have the leading candidate, leading in the polls, former president, running for the highest office in the land. And now all of a sudden Alvin Bragg says he's going to indict. This is this is crazy. And I think the country sees it for what it is. You've been uncovering so much politics in the law enforcement sector. Is there any possibility? Will you look at the possibility that someone in the Biden White House, the Congress or the political apparatus of Washington has been putting pressure on Alvin Bragg to do this, to take Donald Trump out? One of the questions we ask, you know, is there involvement with with, you know, elected officials here in Congress? There's been reports in the news that Democrats have been working with Bragg, pushing Bragg, helping Bragg in this in this direction. So that's something that we think is important to understand, not to mention the federal money and this interesting issue. Did this this looks like it sprang out of the special counsel's investigation, the Mueller investigation. 
So we want to examine it for that reason as well. We may need to change the special counsel statute at some point. Who knows? But that's, I think, an important question we're asking also. We'll see what Mr. Bragg says. He's supposed to get back with us by tomorrow, uh, by tomorrow morning. Wow. I can't wait to see those answers. They're going to be important if he, if he responds. So I want to turn to another important thing. You are fighting cancel culture censorship, huge victories. You're focusing now on the cancel culture extending one step further to try to cancel the advertising and customer support that conservative causes get. You're taking out a big global giant. Tell us why that's important. Well, because we think these, these companies are colluding with this organization called GARM about the uh, marketing uh, uh, the, the, and, and limiting money that can go to limiting ad dollars. Uh, as a result of the rankings they do and the things they say. But it looks like almost this coordination and collusion amongst companies to limit information, add information, ads going to organizations like yours and other conservative outli- uh, outlets, because they always like do this rank order. And it seems like the ones at the top are always the conservative uh, news publications or the conservative uh, websites. And so we think this is dangerous. That's why we sent the letter. And I think that the, the focus for the Judiciary Committee is this coordination that may be taking place among these companies uh, and how they manipulate the marketplace. So that's what we sent out. Um, we're, we're looking to, looking forward to getting information back from these uh, from this organization. And is the theory that there might be some restraint of trade that this actually forget about defamation things that actually may be a restraint of trade problem here, correct? Yeah, it could be an antitrust issue, and that's that, that's one of the concerns we have. So uh, again, it's it's why we we sent the letter, but because it, it seems to be like there's the coordination limited uh, of of uh, uh, trade, and and it's all targeted towards uh, impacting conservative outlets. Yeah, and that it is. Sir, I want to turn to one other subject. Last night, I filed a lawsuit against the Justice Department. They are still in possession of the records that Donald Trump declassified on January 19, 2021. They have not returned it to the archives. The archives tells me that they're in violation of the Presidential Records Act, meaning the Justice Department. Is there anything that your committee could do to try to get those records out? The president wanted the American people to see them. The Justice Department's playing a game of keep away. Yeah, and this this goes to a, a I think a broader issue. This idea that somehow the the unelected folks in the government have more influence and more say than the people who put their names on the ballot. And in this situation, the guy who is the ultimate authority on whether something is classified or declassified, the president of the United States, the commander in chief. So this is a real concern, and I appreciate what you're up to, uh, what what you're trying to get accomplished here. We'll see if there's a way we can be uh, we can be supportive. But I, I, my attitude is this, this broader issue. Like, you know, I always say, John, Dr. Fauci ran our lives, it seemed like, for three years. When did he ever put his name on the ballot? You know, when did he ever run for office? So that's not how it's supposed to work in our constitutional system. The folks who get elected are supposed to make the decisions so that they can be held accountable by the voters the next time they run for office at the next election. Uh, and that doesn't seem to be the case sometimes with how our current um, current bureaucracy seems to want to operate. There seems to be a fourth branch of government that our founding fathers never intended. So we got about 45 seconds left. I just want to ask this. There were some devious attacks on some of the FBI whistleblowers that came to view. The facts have now come out. Democrats have been proven to have misled and attacked these people with false information. Is there any discipline that could potentially come down the line for the Democrats on the committee? Well, you know, some of the some of the news outlets that the Democrats leaked the cherry pick stuff that they leaked from those uh, de- transcribed interviews had to change their story because what the Democrats told him, as you point out, John, was just not accurate, particularly relative to the whistleblower Stephen Friend uh, and, and his interactions with the inspector general. <clears throat> so uh, we'll just keep pointing out the facts. Um, like I said, that's always step one. But uh, step two, of course, is looking at legislation we might be able to do in the future. And, of course, the appropriations process. You've got an awful lot on your plate, but your country enjoys watching everything you're doing. This is what real oversight looks like. And we're so grateful to have you on the show today, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Take care, brother.
you as well. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Andrew Bailey, up next. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You may have been perusing the site at justthenews.com and saw this very big headline, Judge Impressed by Evidence of Biden Administration Coercion in Social Media Censorship Case. This is a case brought by the Missouri Attorney General's Office and the Louisiana Attorney General's Office that has directly challenged the censorship that Big Tech did at the behest and pressure and coercion of the federal government. We are very lucky to be joined right now by one of the leading plaintiffs in the case. He's the Attorney General of the great state of Missouri, Andrew Bailey, and he joins us right now. General Bailey, great to have you on the show. 
Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. Everybody is buzzing about your work. You've got really important cases and so many things, but I want to start with the censorship case because this has potentially historic implications for our country. I want to read one extraordinary sentence from Judge Terry Dowdy's ruling that came down this week. The threat of future censorship is substantial in the history of past censorship is based on strong evidence that the threat of further censorship is not illusory or merely speculative. Pretty strong words from a judge. I know it's a preliminary ruling, but I think he sees what you've been able to present as evidence. Tell us your reaction to the judge's ruling, where you think this case ends up. Well, this is about protecting the Constitution for me, and we're really encouraged by the, the, the procedural posture of that case and certainly encouraged by the ruling that the judge handed down yesterday. This is the most important First Amendment case in a generation. And so I hope folks are paying attention. Look, during COVID, what we saw was that the White House would both coerce and collude with woke big tech social media corporations to censor conservative voices. Now, as you know, the the remedy for disfavored speech in this country has always been counter speech, not government censorship. And so when the government gets involved and they're coercing these corporations into taking down conservative content, that's a problem. It's bad enough when social media uh, censors conservative voices. It's worse when the federal government does it at President Biden's behest. And so we've got to hold them accountable and protect our First Amendment rights to, to free speech and free, fair and open debate on these platforms. Now, we've heard a lot of federal officials, both in testimony here in Washington or certainly in interviews. Uh, most recently, Chris Ray, the FBI director, say the FBI didn't do any censorship. It, it may have pointed out some things that it thought were violating the terms of service or thing. But really, this really was censorship request. The FBI has no criminal or legal interest in the terms of service of a big tech company. Any doubt in your mind the feds knew that they were trying to force censorship in your mind? No, look, we've uncovered direct uncontradicted evidence that members of the White House, members of the Department of Homeland Security, officials in the Department of Justice were engaged in this vast censorship enterprise. It's not isolated in one agency. It's, it's across a spectrum of agencies. And the, the, the court has already identified that the quote unquote nerve center for the vast censorship enterprise was housed in the Department of Homeland Security. So think about that for a minute. You know, this is an agency that was created in the wake of 9-11 to protect Americans from foreign attack. And it's now being weaponized against Americans' free speech and a betrayal of our trust and values. And so, again, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep fighting until we've uh, left no stone unturned and we've hold, held individuals accountable. And we're encouraged by the, the direction the court's taking in the case. And, and we think there's more evidence to uncover. Look, we've got a lot of work left to do that's in front of us to, to shut down this vast censorship enterprise. But we have uncontradicted emails uh, that, that clearly establish that members of the White House staff at a minimum, and certainly we know it, it extends beyond that, were, were targeting specific content uh, po- posted by conservatives on social media. And, and so we know they were censoring. And so we, ju- we just got to keep pushing, uncover the rest of it, and then hold people accountable. You called it the most important First Amendment case in a generation, and I think you're exactly right. There is so many people watching this and are hoping that this case restores the free speech we had for 246 years in this country, but which has been under assault. A lot of interest in that. A lot of interest in another important action that you take. You've opened an investigation into a St. Louis pediatric transgender clinic, which was giving children puberty blockers without proper care or even parental consent. Tell us a little bit about what you found thus far and why this is an important case for protecting our children. Well, and you're absolutely right about that. It's about protecting children for me. I'm a a former foster parent. I've adopted kids out of the system. 
uh, you know, at the end of the day, I know what child abuse looks like and what it takes to protect children from that kind of abuse. And I'm always going to stand up and, and fight to protect children. And so when a whistleblower approached my office with a sworn affidavit detailing what constitutes child abuse masquerading as medicine, we had to take action. And so we launched a multi-jurisdictional, multi-state, or excuse me, multi-agency investigation and started digging into what was happening. And, you know, we got to take this whistleblower seriously. This is a whistleblower that voluntarily worked at a, a, trans, a pediatric transgender clinic because she believes in transgender rights. She just self-describes as a progressive. And so when she says this, these procedures go too far and that there's there aren't adequate safety guards in place and the children are being harmed. We've got to take it seriously. And so we called on the clinic to institute a moratorium to prevent future harm to children. They declined and justified their, their refusal to do so on the basis that they're the only clinic in the state of Missouri that provides these kinds of treatments. Well, we know that's patently untrue and our investigation has uncovered that there's a shadowy clandestine network of these clinics across the state of Missouri that are encouraging kids to come in they're encouraging them to believe they have a mental health problem and then are jumping the gun to administer puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and recommending ultimately surgery that's damaging and irreversible and, and ignoring basic mental health treatment like psychiatry and psychology. And so this emergency rule is absolutely necessary for me to stand up and stand in the gap to protect children, to put a stop to this, to give our General Assembly time to enact, to craft and enact a bill that will provide more long-term safeguards and put those in place to protect kids. Yeah, it's amazing. And the woman that came forward, she worked at this Washington University Transgender Center, so she has firsthand knowledge. And now you're saying you're finding it in, in other hospitals. There's like a secret network in the state where this has been operating, right? That's absolutely right. And again, this is a woke left-wing ideology that's masquerading as, as medicine and it's harming children. I mean, European nations that are far to the left of America, like Sweden, Norway, England, France, they've abandoned these kinds of treatments. And when I say treatments, I'm talking about this, this experimental medication and puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones that are not approved by the FDA for this kind of procedure. They've walked these European countries that are to the left of America culturally have walked away from that kind of dangerous treatment because they recognize the health, long-term health risks to the children and have pushed so psychiatry and psychology instead. And that's the right answer. And so we're, we're trying to inject, you know, rational, objective reality in this conversation and just get to a level of sanity where we can start protecting children instead of pushing the, the, this radical ideology. The safety of children is paramount. And you've clearly made that the case with the pursuit of these investigations and these emergency orders. I want to stay in St. Louis for a second. We've got a prosecutor that I've done battle with. I've sued her a couple of times because she didn't want to turn over records. We won in both times at the Supreme Court. Kimberly Gardner, you're taking efforts to remove her. She was the first Soros-backed prosecutor really in the country who got fame. Now there's a lot of them. Alvin Bragg up in New York, obviously involved in the Trump investigation. Why is this action against the the prosecutor so important to the people of Missouri? Well, it's about the rule of law and finding justice for victims, and that's why it's important. We have a circuit attorney, a prosecuting attorney, who is unlawfully refusing to do her job instead of protecting victims. She's creating more victims by her unlawful refusal to do her job. So we've initiated a, a, a removal proceeding that I'm authorized to take by the people's elected representatives that codified this, this procedure and statute. So we're taking all legal action and, and keeping our foot on the gas pedal to expedite that process within the confines of, of due process and due diligence in order to restore the rule of law and justice for victims in the city of St. Louis.
So very important. And do you see shadows of the Kimberly Gardner sort of basis of work in what's going on in New York right now? Yeah, absolutely. Look, these Soros-backed prosecutors are not prosecutors. They're activists that are disguised as prosecutors. It used to be in this country that we elevated the rules of the game above their players and the outcome. And the left has abandoned that. I mean, it used to, in Missouri, 115 different jurisdictions, 115 different elected prosecutors, and everybody enforced the law regardless of which political party they belong to. And, and somehow we've, the, the Soros-backed activists have gotten away from that. It's, it's resulting in death and destruction and chaos on the streets of St. Louis, and we've got to put a stop to it. Yeah, it's extraordinary. You had a big role in the decision by Walgreens to stop sending abortion pills through the mail to states, particularly pro-life states. Tell us about your letter and why it prompted a whole movement by this pharmaceutical company. Well, the, there are federal statutes on the books that prohibit using the mail to ship abortion drugs. And those have been on the books for a long time. And in, in contravention and violation of the plain text of that, that statute, President Biden's unelected bureaucrats at the FDA tried to encourage pharmacies to ship abortion drugs in the mail. And that violates both federal law, but it also violates state law here in Missouri. And so I'm going to stand up and protect the health and safety of women and children and fight back. And so we uh, cobbled together resources from across other states and we're proud to lead a, a, a unit of, of other like-minded attorneys general who are willing to get on board and push back and put these these companies on notice that we were they were going to be held accountable. We're going to interpret the law, the plain text of the law, and hold individuals accountable and hold entities accountable that want to violate the law. And the president's unelected bureaucrats at FDA can't give them a free pass to get around that. Yeah, and this law that's on the books was done really for a safety reason, right? That It wasn't done from an ideological perspective. It was to make sure that women uh, got the proper treatment and the consent of doctors. So once again, like the children, this is really a medical and health safety issue first, right? Absolutely. Look, policymakers in our elected bodies, our elected, the people's elected representatives have put a policy position in statute that prohibits this kind of unsafe behavior. And so then President Biden comes along with unelected federal bureaucrats and tries to undermine the rule of law by by interpreting around the plain text of the plain prohibition in the text of the statute. So we put them on notice that that was unacceptable, that we're going to uphold the rule of law and protect women and children by enforcing the law. And I'm proud to say that these pharmacies have backed down, that they're one by one, they're seeing the light of day and realizing that they can't run afoul of the plain text of the statute. And so we're winning on that issue. I'm proud to be leading that effort and proud, proud of my like-minded attorneys general who have joined in, in that fight. Yeah, so many things that Missouri is leading on right now, particularly your office. I know so many people are chairing it. I talked to people said, did you see what Missouri did last week? That didn't happen many years ago. It's very exciting to see that. Last quick question for you. Second Amendment Preservation Act, one of the strongest Second Amendment laws in the country. You're defending it in the courts, having a lot of success thus far, right? Yeah, and again, that one's about protecting the Constitution as well. You know, I believe, like our founders, that the, the rights codified in the Bill of Rights come from God, not man. That the, the Bill of Rights sets a floor, not a ceiling. And if the General Assembly wants, it, here in Missouri wants to expand upon those rights, they have the authority to do that. I'm always going to stand up and fight for the constitutional rights, Second Amendment rights of the people of the state of Missouri. But I'd point out, this is as much about the Tenth Amendment as, as it is the Second Amendment. You know, rights not prohibited to the states or provided exclusively to the federal government are reserved to the people and, and the, the people of the state. And so, again, if the General Assembly wants to go further in protecting our Second Amendment rights, they have the authority to do that. And I'm going to fight for that right uh, as codified in, in the Bill of Rights. At the end of the day, you know, when I was in the United States Army, I took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution. I was willing to put my life on the line to do it. I took that fight 
to the battlefield in the war on terror. Now I'm proud to be taking that fight to the courtrooms in the state of Missouri and across the U.S. district courts in the United States of America. Such an important debate that we're having in this country, and you're right at the forefront of so many of the most important issues. General Bailey, a great honor to have you in the show. Great honor to watch you in action every day. We'll be watching all these cases very closely. I'm sure we'll need to get you back on the show someday real soon. Hey, thank you, sir. Look forward to talking again soon. You as well, sir. All right, folks, we've got one more interesting block for you, a very important discussion that Amanda Head and I had on our television show this week with the great Harvard Law professor, Alan Dershowitz, who has some very deep concerns about what's going on in the Justice Department and in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in the pursuit of Donald Trump. He sees a political case, not a law case, a legal case. You're going to hear that next, right after the commercial break. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor, like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest tonight has a brilliant legal mind who can walk us through the legalities and the procedures behind Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's latest moves. Alan Dershowitz is a Harvard Law professor emeritus and has written several books, one of the most recent being Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. Alan, great to have you back. My goodness, what a timely book title. Yeah, you know, the fix was in. I was able to get Bragg to indict him just on the day my book was coming out. No, no. Uh, I just yeah. knew that there would be an indictment, and I don't know when it, when it's going to be. I suspect that Bragg will not do it on Tuesday just because he doesn't want Trump's predictions to come true. 
So I suspect it'll be Thursday, Friday, maybe next week. But it's a virtual certainty that there will be an indictment for this uh, uh, Mickey Mouse charge. Uh, you know, they spent months trying to figure out what crimes they can charge him with. Exactly the opposite of what he's supposed to do. Justice Jackson once said, any prosecutor can rummage through the statute books and figure out some technical offense to pin on anybody. But that's not the way the law should work. The law should first find out there's a crime and then try to find out who did it, not the opposite. Uh, let's get this guy. Let's let's create a crime. I mean, this is worse than Al Capone, because in Al Capone's case, at least they got him on legitimate income tax violations. Here, they had to make up a crime. They had to take a misdemeanor with the statute of limitations that already expired and where the previous DA didn't prosecute. Then they had to combine it with a federal felony. Statute of limitations had expired and the Justice Department wouldn't prosecute. And they suddenly added one plus one and they got 11. And uh, it's just not the way the criminal justice system should operate. Hmm. Alan, I want to ask a little bit about this, the mindset of this new generation of prosecutors. I know people call them Soros prosecutors, not fair to argue. But th these are prosecutors that seem to have a partisan side to them that runs pretty deep into their blood. Is this just a, a, an inevitability that we're going to have political prosecutions going forward, or do you think this is a moment of aberration in our history? Well, I hope it's an aberration. Uh, remember, the two prosecutors in New York, the Attorney General and Bragg, both ran on the platform of Get Trump. I got the yeah. title of my book mm -hmm. from their campaign. Their campaign was <laughs> Get Trump. I've never heard of that before, where prosecutors run for office on the promise to prosecute a particular individual. Uh, that's just not right. And uh, it just violates their oath of office. You know, even the Bible says that uh, you should not recognize faces, that justice must be blind. And yet uh, here you have Bragg, who sets out to find something against Trump. Doesn't know what, doesn't know where to look, uh, but figures that if he looks hard enough, if he hires somebody who previously wanted to get Trump, from the Justice Department. Maybe together they'll figure out a way of actually getting him. And that's what they're doing. And targeted justice is injustice. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to bring forth some of the aspects of this case, because I know that nu numerous legal experts have talked about the weaknesses of it. You have a very impeachable star witness, uh, Michael Cohen, possible statute of limitation issues, prior precedent, the fact that Maine Justice uh, refused to pursue this. Um, does D.A. Alvin Bragg, does it seem that he is confined to the limitations of the law? Because all of these, any one of these aspects, I think, typically in history would have been a reason for a D.A. to stand down for lack of, of, of better terms. But it seems like he is just plowing through these with with so many aspects that indicate weakness of case. Oh, absolutely. This would never satisfy the Justice Department's standards for prosecution. Indeed, it didn't. And it wouldn't satisfy the criteria for any professional prosecutor who wanted to abide by the rules of of law. Uh, the first thing about criminal law is you can't be creative. You can't make it up. You know, Thomas Jefferson once said that for a criminal statute to be constitutional, a reasonable man has to be able to understand it if he reads it while running. It's a beautiful image. You're holding your book and you're running. And can you understand it? Well, I'm sitting and I have been teaching criminal law for 60 years. I can't understand it. I can't understand how you can take a state misdemeanor, then turn it into a state felony by using a federal felony when the statute of limitations seem to have expired on, on both. It's just not what the criminal justice system 
is supposed to do. It's not supposed to make up crimes. It's supposed to take existing law that's clear and apply it to facts that are clear. That just didn't happen here. Yeah. Alan, I want to talk about the other side of the, of the Bragg District Attorney's Office, a, a year-long record of taking uh, heinous crimes that normally are at the felony level, downgrading them to misdemeanor. Now, in this case, right. he wants to upgrade a misdemeanor to a felony in a political case. Do the jury, will a jury uh, see through some of this? No, the jury won't know anything about that. Yeah. Uh, what the jury will see through is if they try to use Cohn as a witness. Uh, using Cohn as a witness would be the greatest gift to Trump. Um, if they're smart, uh, they will try to work around uh, Cohen, try to use Pecker, some of the other witnesses, maybe some tapes. But I don't think they'll, if they're smart, I don't think they're going to put Cohn on the witness stand. And on the other side, if Trump's lawyers are smart, I don't think they'll try to deny that he had an affair right. uh, with Stormy Daniels. He doesn't have to admit it, but he should take no position on it and should not take the stand. His lawyer, though, has already gone on television and denied that he had an affair with Stormy Daniels. Now, jurors are not going to believe that, right. and they're not going to credit the rest of the defense if they disbelieve a central aspect of it. So smart prosecutor doesn't use Cohen, and a smart defense attorney doesn't deny this, the the. Stormy, Stormy Daniels thing, but there's no no proof that uh, either of them will follow that wise course of conduct. Yeah, good point. Sir, I wanted to ask you about um, these George Soros prosecutors. I mean, I feel like maybe it's unfair to make that blanket statement. I feel a little like Potter Stewart, though. Um, you know, I know it when I see it. And a lot of times you see these policies and you know it when you see it. Is, are, are these George Soros or George Soros-esque prosecutors corrupting the system? Well, first of all, let me make one thing clear. Um, sometimes people say, oh, you can't mention George Soros because that's anti-Semitic. No, it's not. You're not attacking Soros for what he is. You're attacking him for what he's done. And George Soros, not much of a Jew anyway. I mean, he's somebody who as a kid collaborated with the Nazis collecting Jewish property property and said that he was uh, proud of it. So he, I don't associate myself with him at all. And I, as a Jew and as a Zionist, feel perfectly, perfectly comfortable attacking him on the merits. Uh, what he's trying to do is really corrupt the American system of justice by putting his money behind prosecution. And that's just wrong. You know, we're the only country among Western democracies that elect prosecutors. And there's a real problem with that because prosecutors shouldn't be following the whims of uh, contributors or voters or constituents. They should be trying to do the kind of objective justice that the Bible calls for when it says do not recognize faces, uh, do justice based on what has been done, not who did it. Yeah, such an important principle. Uh, speaking of elections and prosecutions in courts, Wisconsin Supreme Court race next month, big money being poured in. I've never seen this much money in a local court race. Do you have the same concerns when judges are elected? Absolutely. They're, it's a terrible mistake. It was part of Jacksonian democracy. The framers didn't want elected judges. They wanted appointed judges. They wanted the judiciary to be an elite institution to uh, serve as a check on the popular branches of government. And the last thing we need is uh, popularly elected and unelected uh, law enforcement officials. We ought to adopt a system that almost every other country in the world has, 
of civil service prosecutors coupled with judges who are appointed by panels of very distinguished people so we get the best people. There's a great story of Herbert Hoover, who's one of the most underrated presidents. If not for the Depression, he'd be one of the great presidents. Um, and uh, when Olive Wendell Holmes retired after like 40 years on the bench, he asked his attorney general to give him a list of the 10 most qualified state judges in the United States to take over Holmes. And the attorney general gave him a list and it had Benjamin Cardoza last on the list on the bottom. And Hoover said, it's a great list, but it's upside down. And the attorney general said, no, but you can't appoint Cardoza. He's Jewish. There's already a Jew on the court. He's from New York. There are two New Yorkers. He's a liberal and he's a Democrat. And Hoover said, I don't care. He's the best judge in the country. I'm appointing him. And he turned out to be a great judge, not a liberal, a conservative yeah. and somebody who did justice. So we ought to get back to the days when the greatest lawyers in the country, the greatest jurists in the country are appointed to the Supreme Court, not people based on their political affiliation. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, for participating and engaging in the conversation. And I want to just tell you something. We are getting so many whistleblower complaints coming across the transom the last few weeks. We now have more whistleblowers providing us evidence of wrongdoing than we have reporters. And so we're starting a campaign to try to grow our subscriber base. It's called the VIP Club, the Justin News VIP Club. It's $4.99 a month, less than a hamburger, or $44.99 a year. And we take all that money and we put it into the hiring of more reporters. We want to hire four to six more reporters. We're very excited and dedicated to doing that. As part of that effort, when you join the VIP club, we try to give you a couple of really meaningful benefits. First, no advertising, no auto videos, nothing on the website. We offer that as a first. So you get an ad-free experience on our web stories, on your daily newsletter. We're very proud of that. And then once a month, I hold the town hall. Tonight's version is tonight. So this month, March is, is going to happen tonight. It's not too late. It happens around 6.30 or 7 o'clock tonight. If you get in the VIP club today, you can join the call for an hour, sometimes more than that. Sometimes we go 90 minutes. I answer your calls and answer your questions. And we talk about the news and, and we try to have a conversation. And it's part of being a member of the Justin News family. So all that money you give, that $5 a month or $44.99 a year, goes to hiring reporters so that we can get more whistleblowers on board and more important oversight of the government and the things going on in our country. And you get a chance to sit with me and we answer your questions and you get an ad-free experience on the website. If that motivates you and you want to help out or you want to give someone else a gift, you can gift a subscription as well. Go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Join the VIP club. Help me hire some new reporters that can go after these large numbers of whistleblowers, and we will all be better as a country. And I'll make it worth your while. We'll take the ads off the site for you and uh, the autoplay video and all the things that you know we have to do to make money. And we'll give you an incredible, incredible opportunity to sit for an hour, hour and a half, ask me questions. I'll answer your questions straight up in a conversation at our monthly town hall, all part of the Justin News VIP Club. How do you get involved? Go to justinnews.com slash subscribe. justinnews.com slash subscribe. That gets you in the gang. It is really a great opportunity. Good people, great camaraderie at these meetings, 
and your money's being put to the good purpose of getting us more reporters to get you the truth in an era of so much misinformation. So I just want to put that on your radar. Also, some people asked me yesterday, hey, how do I check out that free gold info kit that Birch Gold Group is offering? Really simple. Everybody here loves Philip Patrick when he comes on the show. This month, if you go and get qualified on a purchase by March 31st, you may get a free safe to store your gold in. To do that, text the word just news to 989898. Text the word just news to 989898. And my good friends at the Birch Gold Group will send you the info kit. And if you go and you get some gold bought this month, they're going to send you a free safe to store that gold in or store your your most important papers that you want to keep safe. Maybe Joe Biden should add one of those when he had his classified documents at his home in his garage. But important stuff, right? Text the word just news to 989898 today. And my good friends at Birch Gold Group will take great care of you. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join. A big thank you to all of our guests, Jim Jordan, and of course, Andrew Bailey and Alan Dershowitz, three cogent voices on three important issues that are defining the future of America, free speech, weaponization of government, and of course, fairness in the justice system, all important things, and also protecting children and women from potential dangers in the medical front. All of that you heard today from our great guests. I want to thank all of them. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash just news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.